Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Top Flight Time Machine are going to be going on tour in early November. You will experience physical movement and emotional movement and so much more from both of us bowel movement maybe there'll be a little bit of bowel movement i can't promise it but if that's what you're looking for we can make it happen probably it won't be uh one of those things where a podcast episode is recorded in a theater fuck that this is a proper show with um songs and dancing and um high moments of uh exhilaration so come along. Let's just quickly tell you where we're going to be. Uh, the 1st of November, we're in Brighton. 2nd of November, we're in um, Nottingham. The 3rd, we're in Leeds. The 5th, we're in Manchester. The 7th, we're in Glasgow. The 8th, we're in Newcastle. The 9th, we're in Birmingham. And the 10th, we're in London. <gasps> the capital. Mm, what a uh, It's going to be good. I think there's a few tickets left at most venues. Yep. It's uh, going to be really exciting. It's called the Velvet Drain Bike Tour. It's going to be better than the last one, yeah. which is saying something, because the last one was fucking amazing. Ask anyone who yeah. went. But this one, whoa, it's going to knock your cock off. Or if you're a lady, it will knock off your boobs. Go to tftimemachine.com slash live shows to have a look at where you get tickets from. There'll also be a chance to interact with us in an official capacity while we're on stage, not after the show. In a very limited capacity. Come along, you'll love it. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I'm Andy Dawson. Pow, pow, pow. I'm Sam Nifty Delaney. So what? It's the latest episode of the Ripley's Odyssey 2021. We're going through Ripley's Believe It or Not book um, 2021. Available still, I think, in some shops at a knockdown price. If you rummage around, well, you you can't. The works, I was going to say, because that's where you'll get it cheap. But uh, they're all closed at the minute because of COVID. They might be online. I don't know. I'm waffling. But you can get a copy Someone, of this fairly cheap, I think. We may have affected the book price because you know how we did that with Roy the Rovers and oh, yeah. how the price kept going up? Mm. Well, incredible. Yesterday, someone tweeted me um, and said, oh, I'm going back through the archive of old episodes of Top Flight Time Machine. Wise. And in one episode, you mentioned um, my second book. Or I say you. I mean, I would have done. Um, <laughs> my second book, Night of the Living Dad. And say, oh, you can probably pick it up off eBay for a quid. Mm. And I know for a fact that at one stage in the past, it was definitely available for a pound or like 99p yeah. or whatever. Some cunts looked it up. Mm. Right. 51 Pounds. Wow. Wow. 51 pounds. That must be the power of this podcast. It must have doubled its sales to all of eight books. <laughs> Fucking <laughs> Since hell. Since we mentioned it. You're quite the thing now, then, aren't you? Is that on Kindle? 51 quid. I'll get it. I mean, don't bother. 
Is it not for that money, mate? <laughs> no, if it's on... You've heard it all anyway on this podcast. If it's on Kindle and if there's an audible version where you read it out like Phil Collins, then... Uh... There isn't an audible version, which I think is a huge oversight by the publisher. Well, same with my getting the C book that I did in 2016. No, no. Uh, yeah, it's on Kindle no audio version. No audio version of that. I'm quite happy to do one. If anybody wants me to read it out to them, I'll do yeah. like a personal reading for 150 oh, quid. yeah. I'd do that. I'd do that on... Um... <laughs> No, you're setting yourself short 50 quid, mate. It'll take fucking said, ages to no, read it. No, I said it. 150, and I didn't say I'd read the whole thing even, in one even go. Even then, it's going to take you more than an hour to read that. Mm. I'm not going to do it. Make us, make us an offer. Any of us are willing, either of us are willing to read things out within reason, not mucky stuff. No. We're not, we're not going to start well, reading out mucky stuff to you. I'll, not I'll, unless you're talking really big money. I'll, I'll read soft porn. I won't read hard porn. <laughs> Um, right, my mate did uh, did sex texting professionally for a wow. while. It was a thing for a while, like How you know, like work? there were sex lines before the internet. All the sexing, all the, the mucky stuff on the internet picked yeah. up. Um, there was obviously there was sex lines, weren't there? You call yeah. up and talk talk mucky stuff to someone yeah. live. Well, there was also a mucky text line. Wow! And wow. Um, a mate of mine who has popped up on this podcast before. Oh, I'll tell you man. it is after. Oh. Right. <laughs> he, um, uh, you know him as well. And he used to, he's, he, for, for a while, full-time job was mucky texting. This is, right? you've, you've dropped this too early in the episode. I need to know who it is. And his mate, I'll text you while we're talking. His, okay. <laughs> he, and him and his mate, I can't remember the full ins and outs. I'll get him to remind me. He might be listening. Um, they used to challenge each other to get certain phrases into every sex exchange they had, which was always obviously with weird kind of just sad blokes sort of thing. And yeah. you'd, they'd pay for you to text them and you'd strike up a conversation, but they'd always have one quite obscure and extremely mundane phrase, right. like to do with dishwasher tablets or something yeah. like that, that they would squeeze into every mucky conversation they'd have. Wow. And then, you know. I like it. Uh, probably quite a lot of fun. Yeah, got in a living, haven't you? Mm. Right. Um, what? What's this again? Oh yeah, the Ripley's Odyssey. Yeah. So mm. we need to get the random number generator. Tell us which page to look at. And it says page forty-four. Sam. Just so all like to turn to page forty-four in your hymn books. Forty-four. Oh, we had this cut last, we had last week. Fuck that. What's going on? That's, That's weird. Unbelievable. That Try really again. is oh, weird. 39, it says. Bloody hell, what's going on with this blob? I told you last week we should get a blob because we should get a new blob because we've got two now. Yeah. We've got one for this and we've got for one for top... Because you use a different one for top flight yeah, tube well, machine, got to, don't you? you? You can't wear them out. But also, mate, you keep them in those cages out in your backyard, yeah. right? And in winter... They get cold and they fucking howl all night, which yeah. pisses the neighbours off. And you want to watch it because the council will send people around to check that you are treating them properly. No, I've got them in the garage now. I've got them in the garage. So no one can hear them. And it's a bit warmer than just outside. And well, I've what, got what like. Do a, they, what do they eat? Well, just blancmange. And do you clean them out regularly? Because that's the other thing. Oh, they're self cleaning. <laughs> like a vagina. <laughs> Right. Well, I'm just saying they're clamping down because I saw there was a program. 
Yeah. There was a program yeah. I saw on BBC Two, um, which was, I think it was like Michaela Strachan or someone. BBC and it was Two. basically, it was, um, it was Blob Bastards UK or something. Yeah. And it was like, she was with the Blob Patrol, the Blob Protection <sighs> Control Van. And yeah. they went round usually like estates I'll be on it I'm not being classes but a lot of it was quite rough estates and there'd be people sometimes they'd be keeping like up to a dozen blobs yeah. like out in a tiny patch of concrete out the back yeah, not but, cleaning them not I mean, feeding them yeah, properly a lot of them get used as bait in ferret fights <laughs> and yeah. that's that's not what I do you know I'd never do that my blob blob keeping is ethical at all times do your blobs have certificates to no, show their no, pedigree you don't have and to so have certificates anymore. Bloodline. No, you no, don't you have to. Don't but if you ever them. want to sell them, I tell no, you, they, if you've got paperwork, you're like, going to get more money. They're just like mongrel blobs. If you've got paperwork with a blob, it's exactly the same as having basically full service history on a car. Well, you know, a pedigree blob isn't that much different to a mongrel blob, so I'm not fussed. Well, but actually, the truth is... I don't see is, why this is this about is, me. This, you, you, why don't you fucking take care of the blob situation? I might get a blob down here once lockdown. A lot of people in my area, It's I read something the other day that since lockdown happened, the amount of people getting blobs yeah. to have in the home has yeah. skyrocketed. Yeah. So they're actually harder to get now. They are, but people are also starting to hand them into um, blob yeah, shelters. People get them, they think it's going to be a laugh, hmm. and they have it for like two weeks, and they realise it involves quite a lot of maintenance, yeah. and they're like, nah. Yeah, they're leaving them, they them on the doorsteps them, of the blob shelters. Free. Yeah. That's the worst when they let them go in the woods and they just fucking slither off and melt. Oh, do you know what? I actually heard something really sad. Um, I, I, I'll tell you, but if you think it gets too sad, then just mm. say, have Stop a code now. word. Mm. Stop now, yeah. Good end game. Word. Just say end game, right? That's our safe word. <laughs> but as you, as you know, for reasons that may become uh, more public as far as the countries are concerned in the coming weeks and months, I have recently been doing some digging into the fascinating and glamorous world of motorway service stations. Ah, yeah. yes. And Continue. I've been finding out a lot of interesting facts about the culture that surrounds mm-hmm. them. Because, you know, we go to them, we love them. Mm-hmm. But what do we really know about them? We just Not pass through, yep. don't we? Mm. Well, one of the things is really sad is that a lot of one of the big things that they have to deal with as an industry is the amount of illegal dog trading that goes on in the car parks at services. Yeah. Because it's a popular place to meet up and do deals, right? I have no idea. Yeah. But you know, you know, you often see woods around some services. Yeah. I've always been fascinated by the woods on the side of motorways. Because mm. you sort of think, are they real woods, or are they just almost have they just been put there I'd, to impress American yeah. tourists? I think they're man-made woods, aren't they? They're man-made <laughs> woods, surely. Yeah, they look like that. Sometimes you'll see a slope, like just on the other side of the mm. little slip road, you'll see a slope with trees going up it, and then darkness, and you think, what's yeah. beyond those trees? Well, I'll tell you what, and this is the sad bit. So get ready with the code word. You'll find a lot of dogs that are deemed too unattractive to trade that are released into those woods. Endgame. Wild. Endgame. Okay. All I'm saying is, if you want to get a wild, unattractive dog, then <laughs> you could do worse than look in the woods near some services. <laughs> fucking got one already, mate. <laughs> Your dog's... Mate, 
So what you like about your dog? I know you're not his biggest fan, but it is an attractive dog. And I'm yeah. not, I don't mean sexually. That's not that's yeah. not me. I'm just saying it, there is what you cannot claim that your dog is unattractive. It's beautiful. Yeah, well, apart from his eyes going in different directions and his tooth sticking out of his face. <laughs> yeah, but that's why you just give him a bag on the side of the head once in a while and they right, go back normal. Yeah, it's all about the photography. If you get him at a bad angle, fucking hell, it's, it's horrific. But, um, <laughs> Terrifying. Yeah. Um, it says page 39, this blob of ours. And again, mm. it's um, ice and frozen stuff. Um, <laughs> residents of one Montreal... Canada suburb reacted with shock and admiration when an approximately 20 foot tall real life Olaf snowman inspired by Disney's Frozen popped up in their neighbourhood. That's not a big deal at all. That's Montreal. There's loads of snow and ice there. That's a snowman. That's all it is, Ripley's. Mm. A fucking snowman. Now, here's another problem I've got with Ripley. Not to hate on Ripley's because we've said in the past it's like the greatest book. But I would say... We're, what, three, four episodes into this Ripley's Odyssey? And I would say, from what I've seen so far, this isn't quite as good as last year's Ripley's book. Four minutes in, aren't they? But I do think that they fill up, like on this page, on 39, underneath the Olaf, the underwhelming Olaf story and picture, they just do lots of, like, small chunks of text, Mm. right? Each one with a different, believe it or not, sort of little story or, or vignette you might say, a thumbnail of a believe-it-or-not phenomena. Well, some of them... But I just think, mate, without the pictures, what is it? It, I mean, call me cynical, but without pictures or evidence, it's just like you could write anything. You could just write, oh, a man in in Florida uh, ate a 15-foot cactus in 10 seconds to amuse his daughter at her 8th birthday party. A woman it was in prickly, Norway, but I quite liked it. He said afterwards, and then that's it. A woman in Norway has got a detachable hand. Yeah, that's it. Well, these ones <laughs> There's underneath. There's a geezer. There's a geezer. Live Stoltway. Yeah, live Stoltway. <laughs> I know he his brother-in-law. Old, old, old watermelon in one, and then shit it out completely intact within twenty-four hours, and that's true. I've seen it. I mean, well, you know, we're we're, we're just uh, drifting back into the realm of bullshit. Which Mate, why don't of... we do... We've been talking about, over the years, we've discussed what kind of book could you and I do as a Top mm. Flight Time Machine spin-off. Mm. Yeah. And I think we should do our own rival. To believe which, it or not. And on the cover, it says, guaranteed 95% made up. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a whole fucking annual like this, with yeah. drawings and manipulated pictures. Yeah. But most of the things we've just made up. Sounds like a lot of work. You think it'd sell? Making things up's easy. Okay, I'll put it on the list. But well, I mean, we'll these, get these... some kids to do it for us. We won't do it ourselves. We're too important for that. Oh, right, okay. I'll get some kids. What kids? Get some work, work experience, mate. Or our own kids, yeah. Okay. Not our daughters. They'd be oh. like, oh, my God. I'm yeah. not getting involved in your grubby, di- your grubby <laughs> business. Grubby empire. Your so-called career. (laughs) (laughs) Well, both my kids tell me that, that I haven't got a proper job and that I've got Mm. no future. I hope you say good. I hope you say good. I'm glad. Yeah. I'll just say, (laughs) well, let's see what you're doing in 15 years, dickhead. Uh, (laughs) Let's see who's got a proper (laughs) job then. (laughs) No fucker's got proper jobs. At least I've learned to adapt to the no proper job environment. (laughs) 
Adapt and survive, dickheads. <laughs> now get out the room, I'm about to do another podcast. <laughs> Look at these hands, smooth as silk. That comes from decades <laughs> of work avoidance. Smooth as sting. <laughs> I mean, these ones that are underneath this snowman picture, they're all little vignettes, like you say. They, some of them seem to be based on music and the creative arts, and then there's just a couple of random ones as well. Um, French and composer... Also they're not- French composer Eric Satie only ever ate white food. Eggs, sugar, grated bones. Yeah, I'll have just some grated bones with sugar on, mate. Just some grated bones. Could you grate some bones on top of my sugar, just as a garnish? Grated bones, animal fat, veal, coconuts, chicken, rice, turnips and white cheese. It's said that he once ate 150 oysters in a single sitting. Can I have some oysters? How many would monsieur like? 150. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I'll have a bowl Shell of grated bones <laughs> Shell them all Shock them As they say And then stick them in a bucket With some milk And some grated bones I was I once shared a hotel room uh, With uh, one of my oldest mates And uh, fucking hell It became legendary Like he, We'd gone to bed Pretty pissed and that And he Was talking Utter Fucking Mad I've heard some people say Mad shit In the night before Yeah Right like, you know, recently I woke my wife up by saying, welcome to the industrial wool sale, right? <laughs> nice. <laughs> Quite weird, but it didn't freak me out that much because I just went, yeah, that's because me and Andy have been talking loads about walls recently, so it? it makes sense, <laughs> yeah. right? Um, but this bloke, my mate Ben was like going on about fucking grinding up people's bones and like snorting them. Jesus. Right? But non-stop and really coherently, that was what would freak me out. It wasn't like, grind your bones. He was like loud, as clear as fucking day. Like, I will grind your bones up, mate, and I will fucking snort them. (laughs) I was like, Jesus. I'll be sleeping in the the locked bathroom. Thank you very much. I'll sleep in the bath tonight. Mm. Fucking hell. It was like the, it was it was like the Liverpudlian sky murderer all over again. Jalapeno. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Jalapeño. Here's a weird one. Tattoo artist Monty Richtofen, a.k.a. Maison Hefner from London, mm. runs a project called My Words, Your Body, where clients allow him to ink motivational quotes of his choice onto their body. They have no idea what the tattoo will say. They only decide where it goes on their body. That's fucking dangerous. He's my fucking, words, your body. He's a menace. Yeah, used to, used to be my chat up line in my single days. Hey, 
My words, your body. What do you say? I'll say no more. <laughs> Tap your nose. <laughs> I'll see you around the back in ten minutes. Lambert, I've got plenty of fucking words, and boy, oh boy, have you got a body. Put them together, magic. <laughs> Wasn't that Imagination's fifth single that failed the chart? My yeah. words, your body. Now, oh, campaign song, it says, Iraqi dictator Saddam Hussein used an Arabic version of Whitney Houston's I Will Always Love You as his re-election <laughs> campaign song in 2002. Well, there's quite a lot to unpick there. First of all, why are they put in a fact from 2002 in this? I would have thought that the reason that they get away with publishing a Ripley's Believe It or Not every year is it's got to be a bit topical and updated. You can't yeah. just dig out. Yeah, I mean, we've had this hanging around in the drawer since 2002. It weren't considered good enough to make all of the previous editions of this, but, but fuck it, we had a space to fill, so we've fallen back on this old chestnut, right? Very much so. Not very happy about that. Well, the one at the bottom of the right. page, Dream Books... The idea for the Twilight books came to author Stephanie Meir in a vivid dream on the night of June 2nd, 2003. That's oh, is it. that it? That's it. This yeah. book, may I remind you, Sir John Ripley, you've had the audacity to call this book Believe It or Not. You are challenging our imaginations to comprehend some of the outlandish things inside the pages of this book. And one of them is simply... A woman who wrote a book about teenage vampires originally had the idea in a dream. Full stop. What I can't believe is that they've actually put this in the fucking book. There's a fact about yeah, exactly. ABBA. Would you like a fact about ABBA? Believe, <laughs> believe it, or, it not. or not, the recommended retail price of this fucking book is 20 quid. <laughs> <laughs> no, we can't believe it either. Um, <laughs> Swedish band ABBA's stage costumes in the 1970s were deliberately garish and outrageous because the cost of mm. clothes was tax deductible in Sweden if it could be proved they were unsuitable for everyday wear. Oh. Fuck off. As if ABBA yeah, were going to go on stage it. in tracksuits or something instead. Can you imagine? I've got a fucking Benny. I've got a fucking <laughs> great tax workaround. <laughs> you know you've got all that extra income that you're trying to knock off what you declare. <laughs> Because you you don't want to go into the top rate tax, and what with this being Scandinavia, a working social democracy, top rate of tax is fucking high. I think it, I believe it's over eighty percent. But I've got an idea. If we start wearing outrageous clothes and say we spent loads on that, then they got that. But why would we wear outrageous clothes? Well, I don't know. Let's form a pop band, and that's how ABBA came about. Yeah, they you got to do songs. Band. In order, in order to justify the purchase of outrageous clothes, in order to keep themselves... I mean, in all honesty, if you do live in Sweden or Denmark, uh, I think the quality of life is generally better. Yeah. Um, they're social democracies. They're really what I feel we should all be aspiring to. Do you know what I mean? Well, I'm not sure. Uh, but, because the ta- did- but the tax is really super high, which is yeah. fine, but you have to know that. But did you not see that recent story about the um the, there's a new children's animation series in Denmark and it's just about this bloke with a, a fucking a penis with a life of its own? Yeah, you're not happy about that. Well, it's fucking kids' TV, isn't it? That's not right. No, but the Scandinavians, mate, they're very liberal, aren't they? I mean, I told you about that Swedish show I watched, Love and Anarchy. There was all sorts going on in that. So when I heard about the Denmark <laughs> Willy show, I was like, well... They're right next door to each other. It doesn't surprise me in the least. John's They're very chilled out people. <laughs> the pro- the programme is called John Dillamand. Yeah. <laughs> John Dillamand has an extraordinary penis. So extraordinary, in fact, it can perform rescue operations, etch murals, 
hoist a flag and even steal ice cream from children. I'm sorry, no. Oh, no. Hang on, that's too far. The last one's like, don't, I don't need a Willie Steen. There's a picture of it lighting a a barbecue here. No, sorry, no. No, not for us. No, No. but to, to the Danes, that sort of thing's normal. All I would say is, crack on, lads, but don't bring it over here. If Sir Marmaduke Hussey or any of the other top TV execs are listening, we don't want that sort of shit on our shores. What I do like, I've got to say, is the response to the criticism from DR, which is the Danish public service broadcaster. Uh, DR responded to the latest criticism by saying, it could just easily have made a programme about a woman with no control over her vagina. (laughs) (laughs) Is that what you want? Uh, think up, maybe we will. If, if this is a hit, it'll be the same move that Roger Hargreaves did with Mr. Men and Little Miss. Fucking one takes on. You think, hold up, I've got, I'm onto something here. Do one for the lasses as well. And also, the most important thing in their mind was that children enjoyed John Dillerman. Kids enjoy it. What's the problem? <laughs> Frankly, you're being a stick in the mud about the old thing. And I tell you fucking what, love it. We are going to do the show about the fanny now because you've pissed us off. We're doing it. <laughs> and we might do one about tits next year, so look out. John Tits. <laughs> uh, but a geezer who's a pair of tits. <laughs> <laughs> Two brothers, <laughs> mutes, and they're both tits. <laughs> like Siamese twins. Mutes, but they, they, they sort of have uncanny abilities. They come across as like dumb. But they're amazing at mathematics and also their tits. <laughs> Cole, we're going to call them John Tits. John Tits uh, 1 and John Tits 2. Uh, it's going to be a fucking knockout show and it'll shut up all you fucking boring sticking the mods. Oh, God, who are we to know what's right and wrong? Fucking hell. But, I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm big into the old scandos, man. I'd be like, yeah. I, I really always had like a sort of half an eye on living there, but it's a bit cold and dark. Freezing, isn't it? Yeah, it's quite close. In the fine, you know, I'll probably end up going to Mallorca instead. Yeah. But if they could take the culture and move it to like Marbella or somewhere like that, it'll be all right. That would it? be perfect. Yeah, yeah that would be perfect. Um, of course, that's our long term plan, the isn't Danes. it? To joining Spanish rigs and do this podcast yeah. from there. Brilliant. Well, Brexit's fucked that, hasn't it? Um, shall we no, choose another not page? Once I've got my, I have my Irish passport soon, mate. Oh, you cunt. Fair enough. As soon as I get my Irish passport, that'll be me in Mallorca straight away. Yeah, Weird, see you later, it? dickheads. Get an Irish passport in order to move to a Spanish island from Britain. <laughs> um, let's choose another page. Ooh, 143. That feels important. Whoa! Um, right. We've got uh, Calvin Wiley, who um, puts insects on his face. Mm. Again, I'm not feeling as though this is uh, challenging orthodoxies or, you know... This rock, is the sort of shit nowadays you just... Heels. Well, you just you see this sort of shit now as soon as you go on social media, it's right? Internet show off, isn't it? Basically, yeah. And the other thing is, he looks really bored, especially in the one where there's tarantulas on him. But also, I sort of wonder whether or not this would be oh, this would be so easy to Photoshop. Yeah, of course. 
I mean, well, there's no. no way of us knowing. Like, if you look at that butterfly one, or the one with the massive, what is that, a stag beetle? They just look like they're photoshopped. I'm not saying they are, but they could be. And it's like, it's like when we were reading that. Um, sorry, I'm, I'm crossing crossing the uh, streams here of our different uh, podcasts. Mm. But when we were doing the Phil Collins episode this week, yeah. like there's a bit in that where Phil Collins is on Concord and he's doing an interview live on British TV from the cockpit in Concord. Yeah. But back in the studio, Billy Connolly's in the studio with the presenter listening in. And while Phil Collins is talking, Billy Connolly's just going, we don't know he's on Concord. He could be anywhere. This could just be a load of bullshit like that. Yeah. I thought, good point, Billy Connolly. Thank God you were there. So, yeah. Um, I mean, in this, the the gold seems to be in the little paragraphs at the bottom about other stuff. There's one here. Mohammad Rashid Nassim, a martial artist from Pakistan, cracked open 247 walnuts with his head. In one minute, the nuts were arranged in lines, and as Nassim began headbutting them in rapid succession, blood started to splatter under the table, but he carried on regardless. And the uh, the headline of that particular incident is head smash. So that's good. He also yeah. There's another head injury one here. I mean, head injuries are always quite good I mean they're quite a rich source of interesting content Mm. and material I mean it's awful if you get one obviously but what I love is the way that people get head injuries they often inherit magical powers don't they do they yeah right like there's loads of you know like that novel by John Niven the amateurs Mm. in which he gets he's a he's a pretty shit golfer but he loves golf the character in it and he gets hit in the head by a golf ball when he's out right. golfing. And it puts him in a coma. When he comes around from the coma, he is amazing at golf right. and ends up entering the open and doing amazing. So he's been, he, it, was a, it was an enchanted ball that hit him in the head, then, was it? No, but <laughs> I did some digging after reading that. And it is true that lots of people have strange reactions to getting bangs on the head. They go into comas like, there are stories, for instance, of people... Coming to from a coma, right? Yeah. People, English people, never been to Japan in their life, oh, don't yeah. know anyone Japanese, come out of the coma, speak fluent Japanese, mate. I've heard that, yeah. Mary Steenbergen as well, the actress, she had some an arm operation and then she came right. out from the anaesthetic and now she writes brilliant songs. Really? Ted Danson's wife, yeah. Well, they like grafted on like Mozart's arm. They, they're something like that, yeah. They've injected her with musicality. And it's gone up into her brain, and she's she's won like an Oscar for that, a song yeah. that she's written since since yeah. the operation. She just says all she hears up. all day long is just music. She can even see music in the air. That's Imagine incredible. That. Well, what about this one then? What about you'll know this one, George Michael? Yeah, right. All he was interested in when he was a kid wasn't music mm. until he was about eight. He had no interest in music. He was only interested in insects. Bugs and creepy Fuck it, crawlies. Like your man here on the page, right? Yeah. And he went out and collected them in jars and was fascinated by them. And then, bang! He got a bang. He got a bang on the head. Bang! Right? Um, I can't remember. I think he fell off his bike or something. Next thing you know, he's woken up after a bang on the head. He's fucking written careless whisper, mate. Fucking same thing, isn't it? Eight years yeah. old. Wow. Um, so what's this one you were going to tell us? He said there was another well, head injury it, thing. He said this person was left in a coma. 
in the hospital for months after hitting his head on a fence. Ah, I've hit my head on the fence. <laughs> the fence post, sorry. I've hit my head on a fence post here while skiing. Teenager a teenager, Ross Nesbitt, from East Renfrewshire in Scotland. He was given only a 1% chance of making a full recovery. He had to learn how to walk, talk and eat again. But just two years after the accident, he achieved seven A grades in his school exams. Hmm. Yeah, I, I was hoping for something better than that. I mean, well yeah. done. It started well with the fence post, but I, 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 I thought you were going to come to as a as a fucking award winning songwriter, or at least speaking Japanese, you can. Seven A grades. <laughs> oh, that's, that's pretty good, isn't it? Um, fucking. I mean, you know, head injury that bad. I'd want you to write an award winning hit. In Japanese. <laughs> Careless whisper, yeah. but in Japanese. Well, I'm going to choose one more page and we'll see where we get. But this has been very disappointing. Page 195. <laughs> Not do this again next year. Page 195. Oh, it's oh, a go. filler. We got a one-armed rugby player here. That's good. And a half... And a, and a, and a skateboarder with only half legs. Okay. Skateboarding sensation, oh. it says, uh, points to an arrow. An arrow points to him. Vinicius mm. Sardi from Brazil. He has perfected the art of skateboarding without legs and the gravity-defying tricks that he performs are out of this world. Mm-hmm. S- skating on his knees, his talent and love for the sport quickly soared, making him a force of nature at the skate park. <sighs> well, I'm happy for him because it can't be easy losing mm. a leg. And he's meant to carry on his passion. But when you say believe it or not, well, I believe it. I fucking believe it. There's photographs there I'm, of it. There's a photograph. And, and people overcome the odds all the time. I'm not saying it's easy to. I'm not saying I would. But I'm saying people do. And then underneath, underneath Chris Young, who was born with a congenital yeah. amputation just below his right elbow. But that hasn't stopped him from playing competitive rugby and even leading the team. He's captain mm. of the North Yorkshire Rugby Union team sell fours and they finished third in the league. And he's only got one arm. But they've, they've quite cheekily put a photograph of him there where he's running and his right leg is like right up behind. The lower leg is right up behind the upper leg so you can't see it. So it looks like mm. he's got a missing arm and half a missing leg as well, which is bullshit. He's got two legs, as you can see in the other picture. Yeah, it's like the editor's gone, oh, I don't know hell. about this. Rugby player one arm, it's good. But is it Ripley's Believe It or Not good? Who's, have they got a new editor Can't you for set this, it this up year? a bit? Editorial manager, Carrie Brolin. Editors, Jessica Furpy and Geordie R. Orlando. That's a good name. Mm. Right, right, that's this episode finished. This thing has got yeah, well, one we'll more chance our, we'll, of getting We'll be good. getting out the old Lampard-headed uh, Basildon Bond to write a couple of letters to those editors we've just mentioned, complaining. Let's not give it the benefit our of the doubt. As well. it, it might be the fault of the blob. I'll bring it indoors for a week, right? In the yeah. warm. And I'll, mm. I'll feed it better. I'll look after it proper. Start, start giving it... You can get this sort of um, food for them that I've seen. It is more expensive, but it comes in a foil pack... Right. right, and it's got nutrients in it. Right, it's got special nutrients, especially for blobs. Right, I'll do Just that. Try then. some of that. It's it like like I say, you will have to pay a, f- a few like few quid more per month. I'll go on Amazon and see if I get it impact. next day. Yeah, I'll get yeah. some of that ordered now. 
and it's got one more chance to get this right or, or we're fucking finished. We're moving on the Mr. Men. You know where that blob's going. If not, up in the woods up outside the, the services. Woods. Yeah. Washington services on the year one. That's where the cut will be going. Next to Holiday <laughs> Inn. Wandering around, having to learn how to live in the wild. Cunt. All right. Bye. <laughs> See ya. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 